This episode is brought to you by Isotope, creators of innovative audio products that inspire and enable creativity. You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Alex. I'm Wes. And I'm Austin. And we're filmmakers. And we're drinking bourbon. We are. Cheers, gents. Let me reach over here. There we go. That's a good clink. That was a good one. Let's see. Use that for some Foley. Ooh. Mm. Bourbon. Grey Goose vodka. (laughs) No. No. We're drinking nothing but Fireball for the rest of the (laughs) day. Oh, perfect. Yes, that's the best kind of bourbon. Wait, so we know who you are, Wes. And we know, I think we know who I am. Who the hell is Austin? Who is Austin? The great existential question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am an audio engineer and music producer. Um, I also do stuff with uh, ADR, voiceover. I'm a voiceover actor myself. And um, so, yeah, just kind of anything with audio waves I like to get into. Sweet. Well, that fits into our like monthly theme. We should probably mention also that we are not in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that may be an important point of <laughs> the we yeah, are, point. Out. Where are we? We are in sunny, traffic-laden Hollywood, California. Uh, Hollywood with uh, Austin Studio here, which yeah. is called uh, Silverside Recordings. Silverside Recordings. Silverside Recordings. Yeah, this is the first time that Wes and I have gotten to meet face to face. Yeah, face to face. I think that's crazy. Right. No, yeah. we've done an episode together. Yep. We did a listener contributed episode. Yep. Here we are. Here we are. Am I everything you thought I'd be? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna. Crazy. You know, I'm a little let down, but I wasn't gonna. You know, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, he said, you know, I'm gonna be out there. Do you want to do a show? And I said, well, I've got this friend who's a producer, and it's Audio Month, and he does voice acting and yeah. ADR stuff, and just helped me do ADR in a short, so it seemed like a like a good fit and. It's perfect. Maybe that's a good place to start. How did you guys? Uh, How did you guys link up? Like first. So on eHarmony, there's a feature that'll <laughs> Tinder. No, he's, audio he's Tinder. Making it sound way better. We were actually on Men's for Men Craigslist, <laughs> mm, but uh, no Christian singles. Yeah. <laughs> his uh, bass player in his band is one of my closest friends who I met while living here, working at Apple. Uh, we became nice. super tight. And then uh, when I moved back home, he was like, "Hey, my singer needs help on our website, which is part mm. of what I do with my business." So we got in touch through that and came to meet them at their show that they had recent, uh, right after that. And we hit it off and he was like, hey, I want to do a music video. So I ended up staying with him. It's the music video I talked about on my listener episode, actually. Yeah. And uh, I stayed with him for five days and I was like, we're either going to kill each other or fall in love. Uh, and we fell in love. Well, he fell in love. I wanted to kill him. Well, that's <laughs> no, awesome. I'm kidding. So, no, it was, it was, it was pretty awesome because um, Jace is... My basis is just so chill, and I was like, all right, mm. Wes is probably going to be chill, too, which isn't exactly as true, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, enough. it worked out. It was, it was cool. Dope, man. Wait, so you're kind of in all sorts of games here. What did yeah. you, you started in music and then got into voice, or? I mean, I've been doing voices for mirrors since I was a child, if that counts. No, I, yeah. uh, I actually moved out to California six years ago, and um, I moved to Ventura with a band, and was actually working in sales, um, and then through a very roundabout way, ended up in Los Angeles about three and a half years ago. Mm. Um, and I've been doing audio and music full time for about uh, two and a half years now. And um, cool. But before that, it was you know the rat race of uh, yeah. the regular nine to five and all that stuff. And now it's more of a rat race of a ten a.m. to one a.m. kind of thing. You <laughs> so know? is this better? Are you are you happier now? I'm much happier. Yeah. I'm, infinitely creatively fulfilled yeah man it's just i've 
I don't know, I'm kind of like split. It's like there's this practical side of me that's like, oh, you know, have the job, mm. go actually, you know, get paid on stuff. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like, that. I don't know, man, we're in Los Angeles and I just kind of felt the call. I've always loved music mm. my whole life and uh, anything with that. I just wanted to dive into and then, you know, the acting thing and voiceover because nobody moves to L.A. to do that. So <laughs> <laughs> figured I'd, you know, dip a toe in those waters. That's a tough market, man. I mean, I, I know. Especially when you're ugly. Yeah, like, you've got a face for radio. I mean, well, that's why I do voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I know it's insanely competitive, like even more yeah. so than screen acting and stuff. There are like a handful of voice acting things that actually work. work. Yeah. yeah. When I was living out here, I heard, I don't know how accurate this is. I'd have to look, Google it on the machine, but it's like 3% of people who move out here become, quote, successful in the industry. Yeah. And one and a half percent of that 3% becomes famous. Wow. So it's like, but there's so, so you're much. Saying there's wor- a chance, <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much work to go around that like we're on no shortage of voiceover yeah. work or like, you know, there's a thousand music videos being shot. There's all this stuff happening where it's like, no, you may not be above the line IMDb front page kind of level, but mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity still. I agree. But you just got to work for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of an interesting mindset when you find so many people who move out to LA, and I've known people who have moved and moved back. I think the difference is I moved out here knowing that I was going to stay. And I think a lot of people move out here thinking they're going to be famous within a right. year. Yeah. You know, and that's the reason they move out. It's not so much for the the industry itself. It's for what it can give them as far as like Same. social benefits, which I think is, I mean, I get it, but I don't agree with it. And I think that's why so many people end up mm-hmm. failing. It's all about that status. And that overnight success is never overnight. No. That's years and no. years and years of people paying their dues and working crap gigs. Unless you're super lucky. Yeah. You know, but if you know someone, if your dad's a director or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, if people know, like, and trust you, they're going to want to work with you. So you can be really good. Mm-hmm. But if you're a jerk, nobody's going to want to work with you. But there's people who are super cool to work with yeah. who stay busy because they're just great and easy to work with. Yeah, if you're talented and you have the personality, you're yeah, golden. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely golden. Man, how long, uh, so when you got into voice acting, what was your, like, what was the first job and kind of how long did it take to to really get that ball rolling um you're giving me a lot of credit you're assuming that it's rolling full speed <laughs> yeah um, well i mean no i mean I'm, yeah. I'm definitely like working and doing stuff but um i actually started when i was doing sales i was working for um a radio station cluster up in ventura mm. and when i was up there um Basically, uh, we'd had to, we had to wear multiple hats as a sales rep. So we had to write commercials for our clients, mm. as well as um, uh, like get them off to the voiceover talent and kind of produce it, just on a much lower scale for local radio. But I ended up wanting to do some of the voices because I just kind of came up with bizarre commercials because I was so tired of hearing the the traditional stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, our voiceover talent was like, I don't really know what to do with this. And so I talked to my boss, was like, Can I just do the voices on some of these things? And that's kind of how I started doing it. Um, and then I transitioned and I end up, I ended up getting, um, through a friend, an agent who got me some work doing, um, like I did a Starbucks thing. Um, and then I did some stuff for like this online, it's like some online video games or like, you know, iPhone games. Cool. Um, did some stuff for like some labels, um, just doing like promotion and things like that, which was actually through my second job, which I was a project manager at an ad agency in the Valley when I moved down here first. And then I left that. Uh, after about in, a year in your amazing german accent can you tell me what your favorite voiceover gig was oh you know this is so difficult to do <laughs> uh probably the bratwurst commercial uh where, where you you know we were down in the mountains and uh you were dancing around and we had giant beer steins 
Uh, and I met the love of my life, uh, Hans Friedrich von Wolfenstein. <laughs> His, his drummer is from Berlin, and he goes, oh, you dude. have one of the best German accents That's I've heard. That's so funny, man. When, when we talk with Sab wow. and I will talk in German, uh, you know, we're talking smack about the other band members. Mm. Which it's actually, just gibberish from you, right? It's not like, no, no, it's actually like real stuff. Oh, okay. Like I'm actually, like I used to be fluent, um, and uh, but we'll, we'll talk and stuff, and I don't know, I just make fun of them all the time. That's amazing. Driving around doing the music video and stuff, we just, something would pop up, and he would like respond to this homeless person like as Stewie from Family Guy, and just... Just like uh, funny little like all these characters and stuff. Oh, so. you know you're not supposed to poop on the sidewalk, <laughs> dude. That's that's good. And then there's Cleveland. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. I've got to stop taking my baths whenever Peter's up to his shenanigans. <laughs> so it's just all that the time. Like killer. there's you're not working with Austin. You're working with like thirty different people. Yeah. With a character. Yeah, I yeah. have undiagnosed schizophrenia. It's apparently. like Split. Yeah. It's the comedic version yeah, of yeah. Split. Yeah. Split two comedy so when you know i needed the adr stuff done i was like oh, wait austin does this and he knows voices so i know a guy he can emulate yeah yeah That's yeah it's killer. fun stuff man speaking of german we just uh we went to a comedy club the other night here in la and saw flula borg oh my god you know so him? i literally just watched one of his youtube videos the other day he i lost my mind that he guy is, is amazing have you seen him no i'm lost on flula borg so flula borg is a, a german comedian dj dude but he's yeah. on conan okay lot. And he, okay. like teaches him German words, yeah. <laughs> but they you know don't mean what you think they mean. It's yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, I think my favorite one of his. So basically, he he plays off the fact that he's German, and then he tries to uh, um, take like English phrases mm. and then completely misconstrues them. Yeah. So like he had one where it's like uh, you know there are some people at the office where I work and they said oh Jennifer oh she is a party pooper I said really. She poops Gen at the parties. Jennifer poops at parties so that peoples may know. I, I poop at parties, but not so that peoples may know. I close the door. Yeah. How does she do it? Does she go to the water closet and sit down so people may see and smell things? Yeah. That sounds horrible. Jennifer, I think you have mental issue. It's I want to go to parties with Jennifer to make observation. That's and just like famous. There's one. so yeah. many. That's, there's so that's many. my favorite. Dude, his stand-up is so yeah. good, though. There's so many good comedians. I actually right? didn't even know that he was doing... I knew he was a comedian, but I thought it was pretty much just YouTube. I had, I had no. to check the other stuff. Yeah. He's like he's blown up. He's been um, in a well. He what was it? Uh, there was some. It was like step up, but for singing for mm -hmm. acapella. Oh, oh, that's right. He was in that. The sing off. Was it not the sing off? No, no. He was in the movie. He was. Um, uh, oh, it's a sequel. What was it called? Uh, no, it was. Um, oh, oh someone with Anna Kendrick. That's yeah. gonna drive me nuts now. Uh, Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect yeah. Two. Pitch Perfect he was two. like the was the German acapella leader. That's funny. And he's oh my god! But yeah, he, so his performer's stand up's not really stand up; it's like a uh, mixed media, like deal. one man show almost. Kind of. Yeah, like That's he cool. plays music and he like creates a German Bo Burnham loops and yeah. then does comedy <laughs> and then shows music videos and involves it's very cool. Oh, okay. Those you see it. If you ever get a chance, go see so it. you've seen stand up comedy here, which I know they obviously don't have anywhere else besides Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's only here. It's so weird. we're making a segue. What do you think of being in L.A. so far? I uh, I'm never leaving. <laughs> Kristen, my wife, my beautiful wife, come like find me. Yeah. yeah, no, you get she. I, I think she would be okay living out here too. What do you, I've never yeah. left California. I've never been. I've been to Vegas a couple times, but I never really left California. What do you think is the biggest difference that you're like? Oh, I'm in California now. Oh, just the well, LA specifically, the people. I mean, like I, you know, we've talked about it on the show. I go through 
kicks, like health kicks. Oh, yeah. I get on my yeah. juice fasts and my, oh, man. my, you know, that's regular here. That's mm-hmm. not a kick. That's like a, mm-hmm. it's a lifestyle. A lifestyle. Whole foods, oh, yeah. Whole I'm on like a 40 year cleanse. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, I in dropped your, in your nine pounds. Yeah. I was born yeah. in a kale salad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nine and a half pounds now. I think I can get down to eight. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll get that roll then. When I was, I used to work on Sunset Boulevard, we had storefront windows and we just, 200 girls a day and like carrying their yoga mats under their arms with like their cute Dude. little ponytails and the full face of makeup to go to the gym. Yes. It's like that's that's a culture, man. Yes. Yeah. Every it. coffee bar is next to like a spin class. <laughs> you know? Soul cycle and Starbucks. Which I think is like good, great, good yeah, for you. Yeah. I, I dig it. You, you care about your body, maybe for the wrong reasons, but you know. Have you known, and I noticed sake. this a few months after being up here. Yeah. I don't know if you've, you've seen it as much if you've been interacting at all, but when you meet no, someone, I've just been a hermit in my my <laughs> in, in the, behind the camera. Yeah. My eyes been attached to it. If when you meet someone, the first five minutes of meeting a new person is you essentially giving a conversational version of your resumes. Yeah, it's like, oh, here's what I worked on. Oh, yeah, what do you do? Oh, I work at this studio. Oh, I do this. It's like, okay, cool. Totally. I know you're. It's like getting a LinkedIn when you meet someone. Yeah, right. It really is. It's kind of acceptable though. Yeah, it's oh, not, totally. I mean, I guess like when it's I not first bragging. Moved here, yeah, no, because. Ultimately, if you're working in the creative industry, you know, work gets work. Yeah. And that's yeah. just, if you want to be doing it, then I think that's... I you almost like identify with your credentials, like... Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's one thing if it's like you're flipping your hair and you're saying, yeah, I worked on this and I know blah, 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 and, you know, all that. But it, yeah. I think it's a lot more matter of fact. I find it's very interesting because when I first moved here, it was the same thing where I was like, this is kind of weird that everybody does this. <laughs> yep. And now I'm just like probably Retool the worst offender. But that's, that's networking though. That's networking. It's like, oh yeah. yeah, I know this. I mean, well, at your birthday, I was like, oh, I know this person who works at this studio now. And it's like, whatever. It's just, that's mm. the way it goes. But, you know, there's supposed to be genuine human contact with it still. But yeah. But I just, just, I don't know. In this area, you never know who knows who or what what's around. Like in any <laughs> given contact, mm-hmm. yep. somebody would be like, oh, you work in filmmaking? Oh, hey, I got this producer. He's looking yep. for a thing that da, da, da. And then next time, next thing you know, like you're booked for two months. Right. So it's have just you gotten crazy. jobs like that? Just random referrals that have led mm, to something? Nah, uh, nah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but you know, that's definitely something you have to be cognizant of. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, who am I talking to, and what, you know, not what can I gain from you, but like, where could this lead? Right. Treat you know? everybody as if, yeah, not be, for self-serving. Be reasons. respectful. You should, you should anyways. Yeah. But, you know, treat them like that could be your next gig because it may be. And if not, then you just come off as a nice guy. So whatever. Mm -hmm. Which is the opposite of what you actually are. (laughs) You got to like fake it. Fake it until I get a gig out of this person. (laughs) I hate everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Now it's just different out here, man. It's it's really different. There's, you know, a little bit of that fakeness. But it's uh, upbeat. It's kind of inspiring. Honestly. Yeah. So I dig it so far. It's very competitive. I feel motivated when I'm here because like when I was living out here, like all my friends were like 20 something year old, like music producers. And I had a friend who was doing a score for work on like massive video games and Uh like movies that like she was the composer on. And like another friend had a show on FX that he was doing music for. And I'm like, you know, where's the, these guys are like 25 and they're killing it. Like, oh, it's crazy. It was motivating to me to like step my game up because like all everyone around me was like, doing things in the career in the business Mm -hmm. living that like fake life where they just make their own hours and have cool jobs and it's like but that's yeah that's the gig you know you got to do it so well how long have you been uh i mean i'm sure that your listeners know but i was being the odd man out here i'm curious how old are you alex 14 right yeah i'm I'm 14 i'm about to turn 15 next month (laughs) uh 
You you would think that maybe by looking at me. <laughs> I've been doing this for let's see, I graduated college in 2010, so six years, seven years. Nice man. Did you, you went to school for film? Uh for video production. Where? Ohio University. Ohio. It's I'm sorry. Purdue. The the Ohio University. The Ohio. The Ohio University. Not the Ohio State, but the, the Ohio. Ohio. I'm a bobcat. Yeah, your colors are green. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So anyway, yeah, I've been doing this for you know full time about six years. I, I didn't have a job out of school. I went straight like into every like college freelance. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I mean like I didn't have rare. a full time. I went straight into freelance. Right. Wow. I didn't hold. You what know, was I your first gig? My first gig was I was an office PA. Sick. In Chicago for a documentary called The Bailout or Bailout. About the housing market? It was about the housing market market collapse and a group of <clears throat> uh, grown men who like sold their properties, bought an RV, and traveled to Vegas, I'm pretty sure, to try to gamble their way up. That seems like it'd be a really fun documentary. Yeah. I didn't get to actually like work on it. All I did was like paperwork book it. lunch and stuff. <laughs> but uh that was lunch my, you ever booked for that. Oh dude. <laughs> yes. And I never got hired by them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, that was my first job uh, in Chicago, and then I started getting a bunch of work back in Cincinnati. Was that DP stuff right away, or was it like working your way? No, 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 no. No, it was like uh, I got some operator stuff on corporate industrial, like really small stuff that would never see the light of day. Paychecks. Like, yeah, just paychecks. Uh, and then I got into grip, started learning what lighting actually was, <laughs> joined the union, and everything kind of like exponentially just blew up. You know, I started working on movies, and then I you know, was done with Grip, and I became a gaffer, and I started doing that, and then, you know, I was getting DP stuff, and it just kind of, like, snowballed. Would you say that the, the 21 Pilots videos kind of is what was, like, your, like, oh, this guy did that, like, your first, like, I can drop that name credential kind of thing? Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. two of them, right? Uh, I did three videos okay. for him. Yeah, I did Stressed Out Lane Boy, and then the 21 Pilots Mute Math Studio collaboration, okay. you know, like wow. twenty minute video, or whatever in Nashville. Uh, but what's funny is, so the reason I'm out here in LA is to shoot a music video. Uh, all the camera equipment came through Panavision, which has like been my dream for years to, to work through, through them. Yeah, and to right. use their glass. They're like it's like the best glass in the industry, right? It's the premier. Like you got to be doing something big to be using it, right? Um, and it was gorgeous, by the way. Just got to throw that out there. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It looked great. Uh, but the guy at Panavision Hollywood, Rick Delisle. Um, oh, you 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 drop this. Let me let me get that for you. Yeah. Drop well, that. no, I'm, I'm <clears> pimping <throat> him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Is what I'm trying to say. He uh, he reached out because of that video. <clears throat> nice. Because it's stressed out. Nice. So he was like, oh my, you know my. So he came to you. Yeah, he told me the story. He was like, his daughter was watching. The song came on the radio, and she wanted to listen to it again, and so she pulled it up on YouTube. Dude, and he was looking cool. over and like, oh, that's a cool... Oh, they're riding big wheels. Oh, that's funny. Oh, and then he pulled it up later at home, and was like, oh, it's actually pretty cool. Like who, like, who did this? Tons of millions of views now, I think. It's right? like, yeah, 990-some million views. So not that much. <laughs> yeah. So not that much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like significantly less than a billion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> significantly less than well, a billion. It's the technically good speaking. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. That's, yeah. God, that's I mean, crazy. At least 8 million less than a billion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so he reached out and then we, you know, it's been a year and a half since the first contact. And then finally I was like, ah, I'm going to come out your way. Like maybe we can actually 
work with you guys. That's super cool. And it happened. It was really cool. Yeah. How I'm curious, like, what was the process for like coming? Well, your process for coming up with most of your music videos is it collaborative with? Um, oh yeah, it's not not me. Just it's the director's vision. Gotcha. So I'm just the cinematographer. I just uh, gotcha. you know visualize and help make lenses and lighting, right? Make it pretty. Lenses, lighting, movement. Um, there, you know, there's based on the director. There's some collaboration as like uh, story wise, what might make a little more sense technically. Mm. It's like oh, they probably shouldn't go to that window, or they probably shouldn't do this because we'd have to do this and the time <laughs> change, and you know. So you you got to know it all. Yeah. In order to kind of make those technical decisions, right? Are no, you usually cool. operating on your gigs too? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I haven't done a gig yet where I haven't operated really? something I've shot. So I th- I'm excited for that time, but I'm also I don't want to give it up, you know, because I also operate. I'm a union camera operator on right. features. So the last one I did, the DP, it was the first job there. He didn't operate his own movie. Oh, cool. And he was like, we sat down at dinner before the movie. He's like, I'm really nervous about giving this up. You know, hmm. this is my baby. And, you know, I'm usually connected to the frame. And It's basically equivalent of like, f- yeah. in your world, like producer to engineer. Like gotcha. producer is the yeah. DP. Like it's the creative sort of under the director, second in command creatively, who's kind of like lighting, lenses, framing, movement. And then a camera op is like having an engineer, so you can just stand back and be like, mm, "This course needs to like hit a little bit harder." You can and make the the produce decisions. Just, just to clarify, you, like the producer is to music what a director is to film. Producer, I think in this sense, and if we're music, talking DP, DP to producer DP, would be okay. kind of yeah. equivalent. And okay, then gotcha. Engineer to camera op. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so they make all the actual movements, right? And you tell them, yeah. Right. The engineer clicks the buttons. The producer knows why. Uh-huh. So this equivalent is the same. same That's cool. Yeah. So do you, I guess on to throw your way for a second on stuff that you produce, do you also do the, uh, is it engineering? Do you do yeah. the mixing? Um, the majority, yeah, actually it's kind aspects. of a one-stop shop. Um, the only thing I really don't do is mastering. Ah. Um, just cause at that point I'm, my ears are so burnt out. I wanted to give it to somebody else. And for, for an audio noob like me, can you, can you break down those steps? Like, uh, <laughs> I seriously mixing, mastering, yeah. Yeah, for sure. What the sure. hell do those things mean? Yeah, so um, so uh, engineering is going to... Well, as I lose ooh, my microphone. Ooh, oh, hey! It's that bourbon oh. kicking in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Stewie's getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little later. Um, but, I'm sorry, we're enjoying. <laughs> we're savoring. Savoring. Um, so basically engineering is going to be the process of like anything. So a band will come in. They'll have... Um, you know, they'll have a rough song idea, mm-hmm. and um, they're like, okay, this is kind of the guitar tone that we want. And then my job would basically be to, if I were an engineer um, or producer, they kind of, it, it depends because some people wear multiple hats like me, but if you really want to just segment it, producer is going to be the one that's kind of broad strokes. It's like, this does, this isn't the right vibe. This is like, gotcha. Um, we need to have... You too know, tinny, not deep enough, or you know. Yeah, they're gonna like have that, and just you know, as far as song structure, it it's like a lot a, more creative um, as a, as opposed to technical. And then the engineer yeah. is gonna handle a lot more of the technical things. So, like for example, band comes in here, they want to record a song. The engineer mm-hmm. is gonna be someone that's gonna be in this room, that's gonna be fiddling with dials, saying like, "Hey, we need to have you know, uh, it's not giving enough. We don't have enough cut. I need more cut." So it's like, "All right, well, we're gonna turn the treble up." Um, or we're going to take some bass out, or we're going to add some grit and distortion. Like a lot of the nitty gritty dial turning is kind of going to be more of what an engineer's job is. Um, Or like, you know, even just basically making sure that the audio waves are captured in the best form possible. That's kind of their job. They're an audio engineer. 
So um, the producer, producer knows the feel, the engineer knows how to get that feel. Right, if you're doing a true like segment between the two. Mm. Um, but nowadays it's so hard to, I mean, unless you're on like a major project, there's you're really not going to have that opportunity. I've done it where I've just, like on my own stuff, where I'll have an engineer come in and then I'm just kind of able to sit back and produce. Yeah. Um, and then as far as mixing goes, that's the process of taking the raw audio that you've recorded just with the microphones completely unprocessed and then doing further processing to make it sound um, alive. Um, Would you be like doing color in our space? Oh, okay, okay. The sweetening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. but, it's, but I would say, and obviously I don't know your world as well, but I would say that they're not necessarily apples to apples just because mixing is such a massive part of the process. Yeah, and coloring, you know, like uh. coloring... Uh, I would say it's like probably the same as like making sure like you get the right shots for you guys and things like that. Yeah. Um, so it goes, it's very deep. Mixing is a huge part of it, um, which is, you know. Yeah, like you can't release an unmixed song. You don't want to release an uncolored. Because it's it's yeah. just not the, the, it's like the different footage. tracks aren't balanced. Yeah, it's yeah, flat it's, footage off the camera and unbalanced tracks where things are thrown out of whack and, uh, you know. And making things so, sound cohesive. Yeah. So you have all sorts of things like. Uh, just throwing out some terms like master bus processing on your mix bus um, to make sure that everything is cohesive and feels like it's. I think I rode together. the mix bus downtown. Early. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to do that. That's the rough <laughs> line, man. Sorry about that. That's the blue line, yeah. Yeah. So, so mixing is basically the process of taking all of your raw and making it sound like an actual song, like it's mm. cohesive, it's together, um, okay. uh, exciting and alive. There's it's lots your of stereo imaging too, like yeah. getting your mixing from left and right and all that kind of stuff. Volume automation. Gotcha. So it's like, okay, you've got a solo that you want to bring up that's on the same guitar then you'll volume automate it up to really make it pop right. um, I'm personally really big on automation because it just makes a world of difference but it takes forever but it's just yeah. better and then key mass framing. huh? Keep oh okay gotcha gotcha <laughs> and there then, you go yeah I like the, the <laughs> correlations <I'll translate>. correlations <laughs> of things that, that I do know yeah um, and then the mastering is taking your mix and then basically bringing it up to commercial volume um, because everything kind of has like a, a level that it's all supposed to be at and yeah, could get into a long-winded discussion about the, the loudness wars. war. Yeah, yeah. The loudness wars. But uh, um, basically, so like, bringing the uh, the mixes up to to commercial volume is um, a really crucial part. Also, making sure that it sounds good in every environment. So the best mastering engineers. Yeah. Every room is different, and every sound system is different, and so their job is to basically play the averages um, to the best of their ability with the mix that they have. Gotcha. And try to make it sound good so it sounds great in your car. It sounds great, you know, on your crappy like yeah, iPhone earbuds. I, I hear bands. I uh, saw so a couple of buddies that are in bands that they they say they do the the car test mm -hmm. after their their it's master the number one test. It's huge. Yeah, they yeah. go listen to it in their car on you know crappy speakers or whatever or best speakers, whoever. If it, sure it sounds, sounds good, good on crappy speakers, it's going to sound and good the, anywhere. The idea with yeah. these monitors, like studio monitors, like the the golden pinnacle is flat frequency response. You don't want them to hype up. It's so like mixing and beats is like the opposite of what you want to do because no. they're so hyped up. That's you why want, people love NS10s is because yeah. they're just, they're not exciting. Iconic. Yeah. I, I mean, and you know, there's a lot of debate. You know, I actually don't even mix on them. Um, they're good for referencing. And I think the biggest thing is they're just in so many major studios that it's good mm. to, you know, like some bands like 21 Pilots. Um, yeah. From what I remember, they didn't record. They were on the road and they recorded that whole album, um, Blurry Face, in yeah. different locations. 
So say that they recorded something but didn't finish it at one studio. If they have a pair of NS10s at another studio, it's gonna sound the that's same. kind of like the industry standard. So gotcha. that and then you call, like I have a friend of mine who mixes on really like well-respected Adams speakers, and then he still has a switcher which will convert to like these like thirty-five-year-old like bookshelf speakers with a car inverter on them. Yeah. So it's like mimicking a car stereo. He's like the, the idea is if it sounds good on these flat unflattering speakers it's going to sound good on anything if a shot is good completely yes. uncolored it's a good shot yeah. totally so it's the same idea and then with the mastering thing is if you ever look at like waveforms of audio of like a commercial song yeah. it's where you it's make like the a, brick it's a bar it's just solid because now it is it didn't well and it yeah, also depends now. like sometimes you you can opt huh. for it not to if be like if you listen like to like a Katy Perry song it's a bar it's just this there's dense no peaks and valleys there's and, no yeah. like real huge volume variance the chorus might pop a little bit but yeah. it's pretty solid when you Pre-mastering, it's far from that. So your day, idea of mastering is just to well, it also yeah, dense in everything up, make it sound really full and thick and well, yeah, it's kind of a correlation to grading and in in grading and mas- mastering mm-hmm. correlation, it's uh, making it fit the color space. Right. So if you're watching on a Rec 2020 monitor, or Rec 709, Broadcast or P3 3 for cinema, yeah. You and you then, make the whatever you've done your grading decisions fit the space. Even like like in color houses, like the rooms are set up for color. Yeah, and in mastering the rooms are like the mastering houses have the sickest gear ever, like yeah. crazy like boutique quality stuff, really incredible monitors. Like the walls are usually curved to avoid like trapping certain frequencies and like wow. I mean, I've been in a probably four or five mastering houses, and the walls are like slanted a little bit, like a like a slight fun house. Like yeah. the gear is amazing, but like those guys have incredible ears, man. Like, do they just do mastering? Mastering. Most at- people start well. Yeah, anyone who's doing mastering at any sort of professional level typically is going to be just, that's all they do. Mm-hmm. At least the big ones. Like you can go to Capitol Records they and say, I want you to master too. my song. And they have a department that's just mastering, and they'll take your song and they'll master it and give it back but to you. But you have to have it mixed already. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're sending them stems and all that, and it's a different gotcha. process. But yeah, I see these are words that I don't know anything Stems about. like the individual tracks, like just guitar, oh. just dirty guitar, just vocals. So it'd be like chords. the individual clips for, yeah. and then, then like you put it all together to make, make the, the full... Huh. Full art so you piece. send them the stems and the session, and they open it up, and then they, you know, work on wow. that. But learning so much, learning so much, man. Yeah, I'm about to take a quiz at the end and see yeah. if I pass. <laughs> you need more bourbon for that. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I was when, like when Brandy came out back in like November or whatever. We we're yeah. both musicians before filmmakers. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, like you we were geeking right? out on this stuff, like because yeah. I mean Austin's way more talented than I am, but like we still kind of get like. The mixing. I think mu- I just saw his head grow. <laughs> <laughs> the mixing musician end of things, and then like applying that to film. So when I'm learning filmmaking stuff, like oh, this is kind of like this. Oh, like you know, my my symbols get better with age on my drum set. Uh, it's kind of like lenses. Yeah, yeah. You may change your kit, but symbols never sell symbols. Yeah, because they just get better with time. So you crack them. Yeah, and like with <laughs> lenses, like lenses from the seventies, it's like, oh, that's super. That was after. beautiful. You yeah. know what I mean? So cameras, like, I'll probably never buy a camera nicer than like a five or six thousand dollar camera because at that point, it's going to be obsolete. Anything else you're going to rent for a gig. Totally. But your lenses hold on to that because those get better with time, and then they they always work different adapters and yeah. stuff. But it's like it's like a good wine. That's your that's your palate, you know. For good of, bourbon. Yeah. You're since good we're on bourbon. this show. <laughs> I love bourbon. That's funny, dude. So, okay, what have you been up to, Wes? What, what you know? We uh, we had our episode together a while back. Yeah. What have you done since then? You did you do the music video we we're talking about? With no, the, I haven't yet. The I rig, yet. Austin. Why haven't we done the music video? Yeah. <laughs> this is something we should not talk about. No, no, I'm kidding. No, no point of contention here. No, it's, it's just my fault. getting everything dialed in. It's I, I'm getting to the point now where I'm 
I feel like there's that Dunning-Kruger effect. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's the idea that like when you start in a particular craft or interest level of anything, there's a phase where you uh, think you're a novice and then you think you're better than you are for a while. Mm. And then reality kicks in and you're like, oh, I actually suck. And then that's are you still the, at that phase. <laughs> <laughs> that's the slow slope yeah. of now you're actually getting better. There's that false confidence that comes. Totally. So I think I'm finally getting over that false confidence. Like, yeah, I can do anything. Uh-huh. Be like, mm, no, I see how the industry really works. It's about making beautiful imagery. Uh-huh. All the post-production stuff is just sweetening. You need to have a good story. Yep. So when I mentioned with you, like all cameras are good now. Oh my God. I could shoot his music video on an AS7, A7S2. Sorry, yeah. Bourbon. A7S2. If it was a great concept, it'll work. No yes. one's going to care. Oh, that lens is a little soft because I use a $400 lens instead of a $4,000 yeah. lens. No but if you know care. the technical limitations of your kid, right. you're going to crush it. And yeah. and what's more important is like, are your characters engaging? Is the storyline good? Is the light captivating? Is the motion interesting? So yeah. I'm now kind of at the point where I'm like, you know, I, I'm more about the concept, I think, finally, where I'm like, with this, I'm like, it's going to be a simple shoot. Yeah. It's going to be an afternoon shooting overhead bird's eye view of you in a pool mm-hmm. made to look like night, like easy. But it's yeah. the concept that sells of like, whoa, it's all in one or if I'm floating in the pool with these various things floating by him to tell a story yep. yeah. of what's happened. That's the concept. I told him on the phone. I was like, dude, I want to be more conceptual rather than more technical. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, if the concept is great and the story is great and you shoot it on an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. Anybody, well, it's the same thing for yeah. music too. Yeah. You know, it's like that thing where, okay, there are some songs that they sound like they were recorded on a tin can. Mm-hmm. Like, look at all the old recordings, you know. But you musically, it's amazing. It's just an incredible song. So, yeah. yeah. And I think this holds true of any creative thing. The idea itself is really the most important part. So, yeah. like polishing and making sure yeah. that that's great, and then everything else, you know, will fall in line. Totally. It's just like at every stage of the game, you should make it, um, you know, amazing. I was joking with him, mm. like the the song uh, "Pumped Up Kicks" by Foster the People. Yeah, was recorded on the dude's MacBook Pro in his dorm room uh, at college, and when he got signed, they wanted to re-record it at like a professional studio, and it like wasn't clicking. Like the magic was gone. Yeah, because the song is good. Just let it breathe as that. Right. So it starts to become fake if you. Say, yeah. yeah. So that video kind of like we're just trying to dial it. It's so like I can just show up and have like this is what we're doing. It's dialed in. There's no questions of like how's this gonna work. Um, huh. Aside from that, what I've been up to is since we talked last time. Before you start throwing tomatoes, let me clarify this. I started a second business outside of Firehouse Creative, which is just wedding videography. Yes, just and, wedding. Yeah. And when you say wedding videography in our world, that's me. When you say wedding videography in our world, it's kind of like, oh, sorry, business is slow. No. Like, I got to clarify, though. I live right outside one of the top three wine countries in California. Yeah. That's a so big, big venues. My mom has been a wine uh, wine. Producer. Wine drinker for a long time. Uh, event planner. <laughs> <laughs> event planner my whole life. Uh, I've been a wine So she was like, there's 70 to 120 weddings happening in wine country every weekend. That's insane. Wow. So I talked. So if you can do thirty-five of those every weekend, then (laughs) Then I'd be dead. I talked to my brother-in-law. He's like my business mentor. I was like, "So what do you think about me starting the second business, man? Like, I don't want to mix it in with Firehouse. I want it to be separate." Yeah. And then he said, "So you're telling me there's a river of money running right next to your house, and you're asking if you should drop in a net?" And I was like, "Wow, I feel really dumb now." You're right. Yes, absolutely. I did that, and I'm like, you know, my full package. My full package is like two grand. So I'm like, if I do a wedding a weekend, which is not unreasonable. At, eight at grand a month. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm like, insane. Not including Firehouse. So I had a few friends that were like, dude, you're going to make a bunch of money. Oh, It's yeah. just a matter of how quickly you get burnt out. 
Totally. You've had, I think you've had a wedding. People who have done weddings in the past are like, I just got sick of it. Yeah. And he's like, so make Firehouse your creative outlet. We're still making money, but that's your music videos and your really exciting client work and narrative stuff and yeah. documentary, whatever that. And then this is your your breadwinner, basically. Yes. And the thing is, is the I compl- I sold all my stuff. Brandon will be happy to know I got rid of my Black Magic pocket. Wow. I'm no longer officially a fanboy. Uh-huh. I'm been renting and I'm going to buy eventually, but uh, A7S II. Yeah. With uh, Sony has a and using native Sony lenses, no adapter, so I Good. get all the stabilization stuff. Good. They have a twenty four to two forty. That's an insane. It's a range. super zoom, like yeah. But I don't. It, it's, and it's full frame. Yeah, full. So twenty four on a full frame is that that's your your sixteen or whatever on a super thirty five. Correct. So, so you're yeah you're yeah totally it's wide. A full frame camera. So <laughs> yeah. I'm twenty four to two forty. With You're, one lens. That's nuts. So my setup right now is camera, battery grip, lens, glide cam, done. Wow. So I'm up and ready to go in two minutes. Two grand pay me. Super light, <laughs> super lightweight. Yep. Um, my back is killing me. I need to get a vest probably at some point. But um, yeah. it's it's like the easiest rig ever. And I'm going, I'm going to strip down, go bare bones. Because no 25-year-old bride is going to be like, mm, image looks a little soft. No. Like, yeah, I can get the Sony G lens for, it or GM lens again, for three grand. Like you're saying, in in terms of, like, ideas good, as long as you get the shots that they want, that right. the, you know, oh, you get the first kiss, you get the, right. you know, dances, you know, whatever. And now the new thing you is, You can like, add some art to it, that's a bonus. Right. With younger guys, like, the younger cinematographers now, it's like, the look is very different. If you look at videos from, like, 20 years ago, it's like, oh... Mm. It's different now, whereas now it's like it's made to look like a music video. There's really beautiful productions being made. Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Matt Johnson on Vimeo who's like probably one of the number one guys in the, in the country for this stuff. He's on, in Texas. His work is amazing. Mm. And he's just steadily booked. He's got a YouTube channel that's just for wedding videographers. Wow. And I'm like, his work looks like music videos. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is once you shoot five of these, you've shot 500 of them. Like, you get it. Totally. And the thing is, is they don't care because it's their day and it's them on film. So they don't care that it's basically formula of the last wedding you shot. Yeah. It's fine. That's what they paid for. It's our day. We that's, want your style. That's literally what they paid for. So I'm like, maybe I'll get burnt out on in a year. But for now, I'm just enjoying the cash cow. I mean, I started it two months ago and I've <laughs> done 12. I've got a few done altogether between finished and booked 12 weddings. Wow. And I'm like, so a, a, a few of our listeners might be wondering how did how do you go about finding clients for that? So um initially it was actually a refer my uncle's a wedding DJ and he said, "Hey, I got a couple I mentioned last time on the show the event I shot. He was like, "I got a couple who needs a wedding videographer. I know you yes. do this stuff commercially. Would you be interested in doing this?" And I went, "Uh, don't tell anyone, but yeah, like yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah, it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did it for some stupid cheap price because I just I said, I've never done a wedding before. I know cameras, but I don't know this. Yeah. So and I'm like, it's easy because the DJ is calling out every event. Okay, next we got this, guys. I'm like, oh, time to move. Like, yeah. Got to get the father-daughter. Yeah, I've learned a lot since then. So it's just like it started. I went, you know what? I'm going to do this. There's a lot of money to be made in this. And I still have the creative outlet, so I'm not selling out. You know, I've got my firehouse stuff, but yeah. I'm like, this is, there's a ton. To me, you've sold out. It's fine. <laughs> to me, you've sold out. You've disappointed. To me, too. Money. So, yeah, we both agree. <laughs> so, you're wrong. You're the worst human. No. So, room. you're wrong. I, dude, that's, everyone says, dude, have two streams of income, mm-hmm. you know, because if creative side's slow, you've got wedding to fall back on it. Yeah. Wedding's yeah. booming, you know. And it's yeah. got a separate name, separate brand. I don't want anything mixed in with each What's other. What's it called? Lace frame. Lace frame. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was going to go uh, uh, 24 Lace, but it's kind of a mouthful, so I said Lace Frame. I think it combines- That's the name of your- The wedding business. The, the wedding business? Lace, lace Frame. Yeah. You didn't want to do Weddings R Us? Weddings R Us. 
Yeah. I was going to, and I then I was actually weddings by a firehouse created. Cool weddings for you with the K spell with a K and Wes's like four, weddings. number four. Wes's four. weddings. Wes's, Wes's weddings. weddings. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awful. Yeah. I also do branding with firehouse, <laughs> so that helps uh, me avoid things like this. Yes. <laughs> is there is there a correlation? Okay, or is there a, a parallel? Like a is there a wedding videography area of audio production um, to where you're like cash cow? Not something I like. Not proud of it. <laughs> yeah, not something I'm super stoked on creatively, but I mean, know. I think it all depends on what or is that you know, the voiceover excites you portion? audio. Is it? Yeah. No, I mean, I love doing voiceover. Okay, I would say for me, um, the the difference would be producing a band's record as opposed to just being an engineer. Ah, so that would be the only equivalent that I would say. Like engineering, um, like. Uh, I'll give you an example. Yesterday I recorded, and I ended up doing a little bit of production stuff, but I very much was just an engineer yesterday. I was recording this one band, um, and we did uh, um, one song in one day. So I came in, we recorded drums, we recorded all this stuff, but they already had the song already completely laid out. They knew exactly what Mm. they wanted, and they basically told me, these are the tones we want, this is what we're going for. I was like, okay, I know what to do, and then just setting it up. So it takes some of the creative element out for me. It's very technical. It's very much like I'm getting paid to do yeah. a job, and you already know exactly what that job just is. execute. As yeah. opposed to me producing a band where it's like, okay, I like your song, but maybe the lyrics in the second verse, like, they don't feel great. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, well, let's try, you know, we don't have any keys on this. Let's try a piano. Let's try to write a piano part. Um, or, you know, pulling out performance takes and things like that. So gotcha. there becomes a lot more of a creative. And then the ultimate creative is obviously my own stuff yeah. for my own band um, or or projects where it's just, it's 100% me and it's just like pulling nothing yeah. out of the air, you know, and like molding it into something. That for me is the ultimate. Gotcha. Um, and then other than that, sometimes there's like helping bands with like marketing stuff um, and then you know, some of those things. So I guess there's an equivalent, but not necessarily as clearly distinct for me personally. Yeah. That um, makes sense. And like, there's audio things that, um, you know, just, they're not as fun. You know, they're not <laughs> like as a, like doing ADR work for a short film at the last minute. Um, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> it was kind of fun. Um, of course, like some different, my laptop crashed as soon as they, they came in and I was like, Oh, well that's new. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, so I, had I guess a, we're going to reboot. I had a short film. I did this past two, three weeks with a friend of mine, for the 168 Film Festival in Orange County. Mm. And the uh, Boom guy, God love him. I don't think he had done Boom audio before. God love there's him, but Wes cl- hate him. <laughs> there's a clip of him. You should have gotten jo- Josh Emerson, dude. Yeah, you should have fl- flown out Josh. Josh, to do it. Josh, that was great. Yeah. I, uh, in the Boom audio uh, of all the clips from the Zoom, there's a clip of him going, wow, this mic is so directional. It's amazing. <laughs> And then I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean it hears a thousand feet directly in front of it. You have to be close. Like, yeah. Oh no. So he's like on the other end. Of Maybe the room. he wanted it to sound like a fart underwater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like far away and stuff. So, so anyways, there was one bad, scene. Bad poor placement. Yeah, it's really yeah. bad placement. So there was one scene that was like unsalvageable, um, which I should mention since they are the sponsor of this episode. I got uh, at the recommendation of Adam Plyman. I got the uh, Isotope vocal denoiser plugin it's part of their elements suite cool and i had to gain up the audio like crazy just to get it to a reasonable level but then those of you who know audio your signal to noise ratio similar to filmmaking is when you're shooting in really really low light if you up your gain your iso your asa you're going to get all kinds of noise totally same thing with audio 
Be more so, sensitivity, but more noise. Right. Yeah. So you're getting all kinds of line noise from the mic. I mean, electricity produces a current, and then just ambient room noise. A clock ticking is now like super loud. Just all this stuff. So you have to denoise it then in contrast to help su- subdue everything but the voices. Um, if you hit it too hard, it sounds like a Skype phone call, right? With that real watery kind of digital yeah. tone. Well, say but, with video, if, if you denoise super grainy images too much... It looks like a watercolor. It looks like a watercolor. Yeah. There's no definition. There's right. no sharpness. Right. Same thing with audio? Exact same thing. Yeah. Same concept. Um, so it's like it's there, but it's like... So huh. the Isotope RX suite is amazing. Uh, Adam was talking about it a few weeks ago on the show. So Which I, is, by the way, that's what they're giving away. Right. You know, so yeah. you guys, like, I've used this thing like four or five days ago, like very recently... It is a magic wand on audio. And it's here's the crazy thing is those of you who knows audio know that a lot of these plugins rely on analyzing frequencies and isolating those frequencies and pulling them out. This thing actually has used machine learning, like essentially AI. So to, it's a terminator. <laughs> it's a terminator. It's an audio it's, terminal. I don't know if I trust it. You it's turn it on, Schwarzenegger shows up in your living room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's John like, Connor it, highly recommends <laughs> this. Oh, it's a great product. <laughs> is that <laughs> Sean Connery? Sean Connery, <laughs> not John Connor. <laughs> Yeah, John Connery. Sean Connery. <laughs> it uses My name's ma- Sean Connor. It uses machine learning to actually analyze what voices sound like. Mm. So rather than pulling out the bad guy by analyzing frequency, it knows what the good guy is and gets rid of everything else. Oh. So super, Death super coup. powerful stuff. They have a demo on their website where you can like, there's a guy talking with people walking in the background and claps happening and it gets rid of all of it. Mouth noise, mouth clicks, um, for wow. lav mics. Uh, that happens a lot. If you've got a, if you're oh, doing an interview man. and someone's like, Oh yeah. End up. Mouth. Or the, I'd uh, like to... the clothing rustling, clothing <laughs> rustling from lav mics, even with like an Invisalab, you still get yeah. some of that rustling. It gets rid of all that different uh, plugins. Oh, that's crazy. So it's amazing. Anyway, so it's a sweet, Sweet. It's a sweet. I got like the elements pack because that's all we really needed. But is it like a one click button, or do you just have to say, Dude, it's... "I hear rustling," so I'm going to put the rustling filter. So the rustling is its own plugin. The okay. mouth click, I think, is its own thing. I'm not entirely sure, but the it, the information's on their site. What gotcha. we got was basically like all noise reduction plugins. It's your frequency bands, so you can pick out how ah. intense it is. It's your threshold and your reduction value. So it's two sliders. Wow! Like it could not be more simple. That plugin literally rescued the audio on our film I'm not kidding you like wow. i don't know what i would have done without that and then so for one scene that was just he was like 12 feet away it was just unrescuable mm-hmm. um we had the actors show up here at the studio right yeah yes here at the studio the two talent in that in that scene and redo the adr and austin did the adr and i love it i get back he goes i got like 30 clips or whatever do you want that and i was like give me the best three so mm-hmm. whenever he sent me the best three, I ended up taking the first thing. He comped it himself along with the audio. Man. I get back the, it's like Ryan comp underscore one. I dropped that in. I was like, well, oh, it's perfect. Perfect. I just record some room tone with a field recorder I had, drop that in, like blend it ah. with some neighborhood noise I had. Like, perfect. Wow. That's amazing. But the Isotope plugin like saved my life. But his, how did you, how did you run the, uh, the ADR system? Do you? We that have it up screen, on the TV. Yeah, we've got the, the TV screens. And time basically, code and everything. Yeah, we'll have the talent in here, and then we've got the clip in there, and then we've got... I did it individually. Um, yeah. I mean, we could have set it up with Was both. it like two people talking? Yeah, it oh, was, okay. and it was, you know, it was fairly simple. It was just a, you know, handful of lines for each. Between um, a man and his mistress. Yeah. But, uh... Any overlap in dialogue, or was it pretty back and I had forth? one track that was all her, and one track that was all him. So, so you can kind of mix it together. Time code, uh, it was time code cool. matched to zero. Yeah. So I just dropped it in and it lined up. And then 
I used a reverb. It's all obviously right in front of her mic, which is not authentic sounding. Yeah. See, with human eyes, like, it's funny. I was telling him about this. Like, you can fool people a lot with camera stuff because they know they're looking through a camera lens, so to speak. Yeah. With audio, our ears are so accustomed to hearing distance and sound and ambience and yeah. environment that if you have someone talking on screen, but they're standing right in front of a microphone, it'll sound artificial. Yeah. You, totally. You'll be able to tell. And it's, it's funny because I've actually noticed that in some bigger movies. Yeah. Uh, more recently, where I've actually rewound clean. it, and I'm like, That's not that right. is kind of a or when the mouth doesn't line ADR up right there. It's yeah. got that Godzilla effect when the mouth doesn't line up just right. Hello. I've been watching a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Orange is so the new funny. black, the new season. They do that. I've noticed it like five different times. Uh, they'll be doing an OTS and they'll see the jaw moving and it like doesn't line up with the audio. Well, yeah, yeah. That's well, it's like yeah, they use the uh, over the shoulder from the other side right, for right, her right, audio because right. it was good. And then that's always thrown me off is when yeah. you see like someone's talking and they're doing an over the shoulder shot and you see the mouth moving. Like even when I was a kid, I remember being like, that doesn't look right. Yeah, and I'm I'm like, is it is there a reason that that's not matched up? So because they liked the visuals of that over the shoulder, and they're like, eh, we can live with them, right? Saying that's a fault. These two characters, all what you can live with. Yeah, (laughs) these two characters are in a living room, and they're about eight feet away from each other, and the cameras doing mostly over the shoulder stuff. So like for her, like I had to basically open up a reverb plugin and like kind of create the room, so to speak, Mm. as far as what sounds authentic. And then based on their distance to the camera and stuff, like move them each around dry, wet, dry, wet. That way it sounds natural. So because you don't want dry, to, wet, dry, dry, wet. wet. So wet being 100% reverb, 100% dry being completely dry yeah. signal. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So mixing the dry to wet level determines how, like the effect, the audio trickery basically oh. of how far they are from the source. Yeah. So, well, and also, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff you can get into with actual reverbs and like first reflections and stuff. Did you, I don't know if you did any of that. Yeah, yeah. When you're close to a mic, there's a thing called a proximity effect where you hear more low end come through. Yeah. Um. So you, first thing you do is cut the low end so you lose proximity effect and then set them back into the room a little bit. It's okay. kind of the way you do it with reverb. So it's real subtle, but if you A, B, you're like, oh, yeah, they sound six feet away versus right in front of a microphone. Versus actually putting them six feet away? Right, right. You don't want to put them... Yeah, you because you want to with... capture the highest right. width or band or whatever. There. Yeah, okay. So when you're yeah, filming... Yeah, because well, it gives you more... Op- I mean, well, there's different schools of thought, I guess. I mean, you could do it, I and mean, I've seen where you've got it pulled up. I actually thought about it afterwards, like of potentially having them like pulled off the mics, but the thing mm-hmm. is you lose... You lose clarity, and yeah. then it kind of defeats the purpose sometimes where it would make more sense to actually recreate it artificially after the fact. Right. Well, it's like and shooting baked-in look versus a log signal, like raw, mm-hmm. where you can adjust it later. Exactly. Or, or, or yeah, if you yeah, want yeah. to film um, vintage footage that looks like 8mm, yeah. you know, you can... You shoot it on eight millimeter. You could do that, or you could film it on your camera yeah. and beat it up after the fact to look like you know f- scale it in so it's set inside the letterbox. Yeah. And all that. So yeah, what huh. we did was basically beat it up. like. There's phone call stuff where he's in the car and he has a Bluetooth phone call coming in. We filmed that with my shotgun mic in a closed space, like mm-hmm. super high quality like, voiceover quality audio, and then I put like distressors and distortion and I put a bit crusher on it so it sounds kind of sound digital like it was coming through a speaker. and put Tiny like a speaker. megaphone EQ on it so it sounds like a phone call nice but that's like beautiful voiceover quality audio yeah. when it started so well, I think the biggest thing is you yeah. just never know how it's going to sound once you're done like it's it's one thing to record it and listen to it it's a completely different thing to to have it later and be trying to manipulate it and then it's like oh wow you know we went too far with mm. the effects and that's what we have as our raw audio right. Right. but yeah. I mean again it like I think it kind of just depends on on you know the different schools of thought, I like to get it where it's actual good quality, and then you can manipulate it. Yeah, interesting. I know we've got a lot of guys in the Slack group and listeners who are located out here. 
Yeah. Highly recommend Austin for that kind of stuff. The dude's just like, yep, got it. Let's totally. go. I don't have to explain stuff in handhold. Like, here, we need ADR for the scene. He goes, okay, cool. And just nailed it. Like, the first set of files I got back in Dropbox was just wow. like, dropped it in. It worked. Hey, Wes, here's your $100. Thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> sure. But in, in speaking sure. of that, is, uh, do you have a website? Uh, like, we'll recap it at the end, but mm-hmm. where if people wanted to get a hold of you, um, where do they go? Honestly, the easiest thing for them to do is uh, just like, shoot me an email at yeah. Yeah, my MySpace. Your GeoCities page. Yeah, just Austin, <laughs> A-U-S-T-E-N. At Hotmail.com. SilversideRecording.com. A-U-S-T-E-N. Okay. It's like HotADR at AOL.com. <laughs> HotADR. All right, one more time for everybody. Uh, yeah, just hit me up at Austin, A-U-S-T-E-N, at SilversideRecording.com. Cool. Are you on Instagram, Twitter, any yeah. of that stuff? Yeah, we're on all the socials. So the like at too, Silverside so. Recording? Yeah. Yeah, cool. and I mean, if they, they want music, then they can hit up Midnight Divide. <laughs> so that's, that's the band. Okay. What, uh, what style of music? Uh, alternative rock. All right. Yeah, so... Um, can, you, can, uh, can you compare it to anybody, a band that somebody may have heard of? Uh, not, not Our elevator you know, pitch? That sounds terrible. But it's like no, no, no. It's fine, man. Meets like a, Mastodon. Yeah. Ooh. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we're actually going for a Cat Stevens vibe. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're like, uh, I think... Like Muse slash oh, cool. like maybe a, a heavier Imagine Dragons, but really just kind of that. Like the two songs of Imagine Dragons would be Believer or Radioactive would be the two that I'd compare it to because some of the other stuff is way too poppy for what we are. So New rock, but with stuff. some like synth. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, electronic, electronic elements. stuff. Okay. Yeah, and um, like we had our that first record out, and our new right ones now. coming yeah. in August. So okay, we'll see. What are you happens. on? Is We're it on, out somewhere on Spotify? On it's everywhere. It's okay. like yeah, Midnight Divide on Spotify, Instagram, is Facebook. It, is it Tower Records and Warehouse Music? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Not yet. <laughs> What's not the, anymore? Yeah. What did they pass that? Amoeba. 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 Yeah. That, that place the, is awesome. Yeah, dude. Amoeba is like it's like the last vestige of buy, real like music lovers because it's just got all fumble through the CDs. Dude, and buy stuff. an album before you so leave much. Do you have a record player at home? I don't know. I okay. need to get one. Yeah. Go to Amoeba. Amoeba's like, if you're in California you ha- or LA, you have to go to Amoeba. It's like the Santa Monica Pier, like mm-hmm. Madden Tussauds. Like, go to Amoeba, buy a couple albums, and like buy a record player, dude. Like, you yeah. have to go to Amoeba when you're here. I will. It's the coolest experience. It's like, go buy a David Bowie shirt. That's I'm what here for like another solid 12 hours. It's, so. <laughs> yeah. it's one of the last few like music loving vinyl places. Yeah. It's a cool uh, spot. I mean, they have, you know, all sorts of vintage posters and stuff too. It's just, you go cool. there and it's just good music vibes. Mm. So. And you can buy the new Miley Cyrus single on vinyl, which you really get all the character and the heart out of those. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, means it yeah, means a lot it more. It brings the real soul of Miley. I yeah. the, the auto tune sounds Miley out super when you listen to it on vinyl. Mm, mm. Yeah, auto tune. So what do you what do you the, uh, what do you <laughs> analog tune? What are you yeah. watching? What am I watching? Well, to kick it back to our semi formulaic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been watching a lot of my own monitor on set lately. <laughs> It's like, is that a show? Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, what did I watch? On the way over, I watched The Founder. Nice. It was on good, the plane. right? Dude. I liked it. it was really? really cool. Have you seen it? No. About Ray Kroc, the, uh, who's now the founder of McDonald's. I've never worn like, Crocs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, I, uh, I, I have not. It's really I'm interesting. Not. Really good, man. I liked it. Yeah, it's a story that I didn't know about. How I like that they McDonald's kind of came to be. vilified him a little bit. Oh, totally. But you know, McDonald's had to sign off on that. But not really. When, because at the end, I mean, they they were okay with it, you know. The... Which is amazing. Like, oh yeah, our founder's kind of a jerk. Like, yeah, go ahead and make this movie. Cutthroat. But it was it was really cool, man. I, you know what's funny is uh on the map, 
in the first scene where he's talking about going to, to San Bernardino. Yeah. It's the first McDonald's. It's like... Uh, Are you giving spoilers away now? F- no, 40 minutes south of here. Yeah. San Bernardino, the first McDonald's is here. But just for safety, spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> if you haven't been to a McDonald's, yeah. don't listen to this. The first McDonald's is like 40 minutes south of here. Wow. Number uh, one? In San Bernardino. It's a museum now. Uh, but there's a scene in the first, the beginning of the movie where he like, puts the map out on the hood of his car and he's yeah. mapping it out. You see Temecula there, yeah. which is my hometown where I just drove here from. Yeah. It wasn't a city then. You it drove there from, you drove here today from Temecula? Yeah. It's like an hour, hour and 30 minutes. I don't know. Oh. But uh, he uh, he points, the city, the city wasn't there yet. And there's other cities like Anaheim Hills that like weren't cities yet uh, in like 1952 so or whatever. Yeah. But the city, we weren't a city till 1989, but wow. we're on the map. It's just kind of funny. I was there's like, yeah, your... there's Temecula on a yeah. map and a major Hollywood feature. Like, that's a big deal for us. Like, wow. Yeah. Should go on IMDb and point that out as a, yeah. a flaw. Dude, like when <laughs> on The Voice, when Blake Shelton was like, oh yeah, Temecula, I've been there, the Balloon Wine Festival. We were like, whoa, like someone uh, <laughs> famous knows who we are. It's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've been looking at your own monitor. Check it out. Yeah. Check, but anybody else, check out the founder. Yeah, I've been looking at my own monitor. I, I've been pretty absorbed in this um, project that we just wrapped up, and I'm you know eager to see it cut together. It's tired stressful. Of at, and tired of looking at tween girls on, on a small screen. Twelve, yeah, twelve year old su- about to be superstars. Yeah, twelve year old about to be superstars. That's that's what's going on. So you haven't been watching much. Is there anything you've got like in a queue somewhere that you're really looking forward to getting to? Ah, uh, well, actually, so I guess the latest movie that my wife and I went and saw was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two, awesome. Volume Two. It was good. It was amazing. Yeah, it was so. Just the, I mean, did you see it? Do you? Both I haven't seen it. I saw the first one. I haven't seen uh, the second one. Yet. You oh. saw it. I did, and just for a way of like tying our worlds together, I think the beauty of that movie is. Such a strong soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I yeah. mean, and that's the thing, man, is like just you got those two things and they mesh. It's like Perfectly. a good story and you've got the the throwback songs that are on there. Perfect. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. And that weird like, you know, overlay of, of super sci-fi visuals with. Yeah. So modern with the retro vibe retro of creating soundtrack. this whole new, new thing. A, Dude. There was I'm a, into it. A yeah. no film school blog I just read the other day about there's a word for that and Tarantino does it all the time. What? The music <sighs> is like completely opposite of the visual. And I can't Oh, remember. just like the juxtaposition? Yeah, but I can't remember the word they used. And mm. I was like, that's totally like when he plays like all these funky Motown songs on like a murder scene or something. Yeah. And so you got this super futuristic sci fi thing and then like old like Motown funk stuff like playing over totally. in, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Or with Tarantino, it's like, yeah, World War Two and, you know, contemporary. Yeah, yeah, like Nine Inch playing mm. or whatever. I think uh, it's really, I'm like, man, you can use that to underscore. St- I remember the first time I saw it was The Stand by Stephen King. Yeah, I don't think you ever saw really that. really yeah. awful miniseries for TV made in like in the late 80s, early 90s. Which uh-huh. is a shame because that book is so oh, good. So good. It's the first the Stephen stand? King book I read. The Stand? The Stand. It's the first book I read from him, but it's Is amazing. that like a viral outbreak thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's called Maybe Captain I do Trips is the name of the virus. But there's a scene in the beginning, I'll never forget this. It was the first time I saw this done that I consciously was like aware of it was... Um, it's a military base, and the virus outbreaks from the military base. And I did see that. Is there spoiler see, alert? Spoiler see, alert! It's the first five minutes. <laughs> you see all these like military scientists like dead in the cafeteria, and it's like Hall and Oates playing or something. Yeah, and I was like, that's awesome! Like, and then Tarantino does it all the time, but now I noticed it, and it's made me aware of it. But that's the same thing with Guardians. It's a suture futuristic high, you know, high tech oh, stuff. I love it. I well, love they've that. been doing that with trailers. It's like a huge thing now. Yeah. Yeah, where so, it's just the, the contrast. Yeah, but it no matter what it is, it's like a throwback, Yeah, you know, 70s song or something. Well, I think it's got the nostalgia. Yeah. By the way, speaking of what are you watching, you finally saw Nocturnal Animals. 
I did. Dude, right? Amazing. So you're, good. You're totally right. Oh, so good. Like, edge of my seat. It's, 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 you know? the whole time I was like white knuckled, like, I don't know what's about to happen. Yeah, I was on a plane, so I was already white knuckled, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> It just was it because added. of the turbulence or the person farting next to you? <laughs> it was just because I'm I'm thirty thousand feet up in a tin can, and I'm not flying. So it. good though. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Oh my! And the end. The, Did you see Nocturnal Animals? I have not. So when that movie ended, uh, this is weird because I have a girlfriend now. But the girl I was on a date with at the time, we both were sitting there like jaws on the floor, like what did we? In the opening credit sequence. Like very obese senior citizens, like dancing naked, fully nude, fully nude. Yeah, like, we were well, sitting. Well, I've seen the movie, so thank you for that. <laughs> we no, were. No, is... You're the worst with. We were sitting next to a. <laughs> where was he from? Lebanon. He was a Lebanese guy. Oh. And he was like really, kind of more strict religious, and mm-hmm. then there was like a kid on our right hand side, oh, and so my nice. wife and I started the movie at this exact same time, and I like frame matched it so that we could watch <laughs> it together. Pause play. Pause play. Oh, that's it. Okay, cool. Good enough. We're lined up. And uh, so we were like boxing it in. Like, oh god, she was covering <laughs> putting, her screen, putting sun hoods around. Yeah. The and all the people are like, "What the hell are they watching? Yeah. Those creeps?" Yeah, dude. The, oh the god. Opening credits. Is so like, disturbing. Is like yeah. very overweight, like seventy-year-old women, like dancing in super slow motion. Yes. And, like, like very. Like I'm like sold. Four hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> but the movie was amazing. But then, though. yeah, you don't know. You're like, what is going on? What's the premise? And it makes sense. Uh, her ex-husband writes a book, dedicates it to her, super disturbing. And so half of the movie, it cuts back and forth, is her in the moment and her real life and then her uh, visualization of what she's reading. Yeah. And it's really disturbing. Oh, okay. But the acting yeah. is like the first 20 minutes of the movie. And when they show, yeah, when they Amy show the story, Adams. Amy Adams, yeah. And okay. Jake Gyllenhaal Mike and Shannon. Mike, Michael Shannon and uh, I mean, that's a the guy that played the Lone Ranger. Cast. Oh, uh, Lone Ranger. How was his name? Oh, it's, uh, it's, he's got a crazy name. Army Hammer. Army Hammer, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. That's a great name. <laughs> Army great, Hammer. Great. But Not Arm and Hammer. The, yeah. He's not when baking he's, soda. When no. they, the first okay. time they go back to the flashback, and I'll just say the car chase scene on the highway, mm-hmm. I was like, right? Like, it's it's amazing, dude. But anyway, I saw you, I heard you mention that. I was like, ah, I finally saw it. Like, well, yeah, that trip uh, over to Portugal and back, I saw so many. Yeah. Like, that's where I caught up on my award winners, on, you know, my films. You saw Moonlight? I saw Moonlight. I, Cin- saw, I told you, right? Cinematography was like what sold it for me. But in a good, like, it was just understated. Yeah. It didn't take away. It wasn't it hyper-polished. Like of, it, you know. It looked like a lot of long lenses. Yeah. Like, that were, like, and so it was you get kind of all anamorphic, that motion, like, yeah. Anamorphic, longer lens, yeah. handheld. Right. Like Brandon said, just traditional filmmaking. Nothing special. Right. Not like, floaty, movie, you know. Right. Whatever. Do you see Silence? No, I haven't yet. You see Silence? Do you know what Silence is? Mm-mm. He wouldn't like uh, it. There's Dude. not enough explosions. Yeah, Scorsese, three hour long. How dare you? My favorite movie is Lost in Translation, you cretin. <laughs> uh, is that the new Michael Bay uh, Transformers movie? Transformers, Transformers Lost, Lost in Translation. Translation. I would be happy Where to Megatron drop Megatron at the end says, I really have to be going now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I do well, love that see movie. See you later. Though. Lost in Translation is great. Yeah. Uh, which uh, Sofia Coppola just had another hit at Cannes. Uh, for a remake of an old Clint Eastwood movie. Really? Great for, no. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a like old war drama. Hmm. But in his so that he directed or that he was in. That he was in, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure, and she told it she took that same story and transposed it to a female perspective. Interesting. And literally told the exact same story from a with a female character. Wow. And it's like getting rave reviews and 
I mean, she's just a genius anyway. Yeah, Speaking of female character, incredible. do you have any desire to see uh, Wonder Woman or thoughts on it? Wow. Now I do. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, it was really it, good. It yeah, was incredible. Their reviews good. are insane. And, you know, yeah. people are saying, good. no, it's not just because it's a female character. It's actually because it's really itself. well-rounded yeah. characters that you care about. And it just so happens to be a female with, like, a multi-ethnic cast where everyone's kind of yeah. elevated to the same plane. There's no, like, white girl over, you know, whatever. She's an cool. Israeli. Gal Gadot's Israeli. Yeah. I didn't know. And her was, uh, her husband's like a multi-millionaire like real estate developer. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it was They're weird both seeing sad. Robin Wright do like accents because I always see her in House of Cards. Yeah. What does she play in that? She plays like the general of like their local like Amazonian army. Like it's just badass. Like wow. Xena kind of thing. Cool. But yeah, it was like there's a picture I saw on Twitter that sums it up so perfectly. It was like a little girl like four years old and like a Wonder Woman tutu and like tiara. Yeah. And she's at the movie theater looking up at the big Wonder Woman poster like like a monument almost. Yeah. And the guy, I think it was his dad, her girl's dad, she, he just said, isn't this what it's all about? Wow. I was like, Heroes. that's so cool, man. Like yeah. girls finally have like, little girls now, our generation finally have like a, we have one too now. It's not just Spider-Man and Batman. And Iron Man. Like, well, this is the first Wonder Woman uh, feature, right? It was before it was a TV show. Uh, might have, I think might so. Be. This I is her for the first like big screen Yeah, but debut. it was just cool. Like, oh, Little girls have someone who they don't have to dress up as princesses. They can dress up as Wonder Woman now. No doubt. This would be a warrior. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was an awesome movie. And good? It was it was actually well done? I yeah. think so. I mean, I'm... I'm afraid to say no because then I'll be labeled as a chauvinist. No, I'm just kidding. No. Yeah. It was actually very good. It was legitimately good. Yeah. No, it was it was a great movie. And I mean, huh. again, like it, was, it was one, one of those things where obviously... <laughs> <laughs> say, what'd you say? No. So my, our, my co-host back home, Brandon Ferris, is a... He, which I got to get your take on this. He's oh, a yeah. very anti-superhero. Uh, uh-huh. Super but based movie. on your, uh, there's an ongoing poll and debate of yay or nay superhero films. Uh-huh. You on the yes side or the no side? For Wonder Woman? Just or superhero just, films just, in general. I'm going to go with yay just because I'm entertained. Yeah. And, uh, you're, you're in the same boat as me. Yeah. There we go. I so kind of, fun, it's man. not, it's not like it's one of those movies that I'm going to go and be like, I can't wait to have an epiphany after this, yeah, but I'm going to go and I'm going to be like, yeah. that was a good movie. I cared about the characters and that was fun. Like yeah. I enjoyed, that was not entertaining that demand for me. a refund. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been, so, I will say <laughs> that this, cause I believe this one was DC, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonder Woman. It was the first one that they actually did a good job with. Yeah. In my opinion. Mm. The Green other one was pretty amazing though. I'm just, I, I didn't see, <laughs> I didn't see that. So, Green Lantern with, what's his name? Comedian. Ryan Reynolds. No, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern? Green Lantern, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking oh, of Green Hornet, with, of Green Hornet with, yeah. with Seth... Uh, also bad. Whatever his name is. Seth Rogen? Rogen, yeah. yeah. Terrible. <laughs> well, it's like I saw... Uh, this, Weird the, perf- who put it perfectly, <laughs> this Reddit comment was like meta-analyzing some movie, and he was like, look, I got my money's worth. They entertained me for two hours. Yeah, that's and what like, I paid this for. This is fun, man. It was fun. Like, I think it had a good message. Like, It's cool that little girls have someone to look up to, but like, is yeah. any superhero movie going to be like, wow, that... I mean... Dark Knight, the whole Bat- Chris Nolan Batman series. Yeah, but that's Christopher Nolan. Fantastic. That was it's my favorite director. That yeah. was like a legit yeah. series for me. But I think for the most part, I was like, yeah, they were cool. That was entertaining. Avengers was a really good action entertaining movie. Yeah, yeah. But, I think at the end of the day, it's like they were entertaining. But again, you're not going to have any sort of it's no you know, existential hunting. awakening. What's really important is that Mr. Ferris, we've added another to our squad. Yeah. So Those movies, is he the lone? Come uh, on. The Lone Ranger nah, on that front. Yeah, yeah, it's like 30, 70 in our favor, I there's think. There's been people okay. that have been like, oh, yeah, he's like, it's an insult to intelligence, and if I feel stupid, and they treat me like an idiot, and I'm like, well. Yeah. You know. He also doesn't like robes, capes, so like the Hobbit fantasy movies. 
Yeah. Harry Potter, Star Wars. We're, we're gonna have to try well, to convert Brandon. So there's I gonna be a movie that comes around where Brandon goes, "All right, I get it." You know what I I've noticed it. though? Since Maybe we, it's Wonder Woman because he's he's you know his daughter's grown up. She's at yeah. that age like yeah, she's, she's start she's starting to yeah, yeah she's starting to really do cool things. You know what's yeah. funny though? Since he mentioned that, I noticed like we talked about me buying an Xbox and having video games now. Yeah. Finally, like medieval type stuff like games, like oh, this game is it takes place in the Middle Earth and the middle. I'm like, I nope, really. Oh, dude, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, I literally was like, I feel like Brandon, man. Like, I just, I don't know why like that's my Elder Scrolls or yeah, or like what is it For Honor, are. Elder Scrolls, really? like all those uh, kinds of games. I'm like, uh, I haven't man. played any of the new ones, but I'm I will good. say that I was obsessed with Final Fantasy when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I am. That, that's kind of a mix, though. Kid. Like old, like. Swords, but also kind of sci-fi. But the capes yeah. and the kings and the like. Game of Thrones like held my interest for like three seasons, and I was like, I just don't care anymore. God, well, I love we that don't show. care about you. Yeah, <laughs> this show's amazing. What have What have you been watching, dude? Anything you've been? Uh, I just started on House of Cards. Nice, season the new five. One? Yeah, which yeah. I can't wait to start when I get home. I saw um, the first episode. So and then I'm trying to think of. I haven't. It's the best show. I really. Oh, uh, I finished Vikings. Good. Maybe I'll nice. watch my that. wife. No, my wife is really into that. Though. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, it's definitely. A lot of fun it's like to watch. History Channel's answer to Game of Thrones or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but but With, I mean, like, in less a very money. unique way. And I, I forget the, <laughs> the 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 guy's name who played um, Ragnar, who was like the main the main actor, Travis Fimmel, I think. I don't know, but he's been in some actual big movies now. Yeah, he is just one of the most entertaining people to watch on screen. Like you never know what you're going to get out of him, and it's just these real subtle nuances of of his yeah. of his character and his performance. I think that's for an actor the. In my opinion, the best ones are the ones who are subtle, but it's these little details that you pick up on yeah. that yeah. make it seem so natural but eccentric it. at the same time. And uh, and for me, um, he he really nails it. Interesting. Yeah, it's a great show. Are you are you into comedies at all? Uh, HBO like sometimes. two that I always talk about are Veep and uh, Silicon Valley. Okay, Silicon Valley, which I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the new uh, season of Silicon Valley. I've never seen any of them, and they're both in my queue right now. Watch Silicon it's, Valley. It's, it's I haven't insane. seen any of Veep, oh, so but Silicon Valley is TJ Miller. Is yeah. Like, yeah, he's, oh, he's, oh, he's, he's caught up on Orange Is the New Black right now, and then once that's done, I'm going to go back to those. Which one of you savages ate my quinoa? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. For anybody who doesn't know, that was a quote from Silicon Valley. Yeah, no, I <laughs> so I thought you just played the clip. <laughs> <laughs> we, got a, we got a clip for you from here. Yeah. So, Alex, what are you working on right now coming up? What am I working on? I've got actually, uh, so I fly out tomorrow right now for, this is going to air later. You're getting on it's, the plane as we speak. Yeah, I'm getting on the plane. We're walking down the runway. I've uh, been driving in an Uber. It's <laughs> Wednesday, I believe. I scheduled, yeah, it's Wednesday right now. I leave Thursday morning, fly back home. I have Friday off and to prep, and then I shoot a country music video in Columbus on Saturday with a producer from here who we went to school together at OU. Can you talk about it or probably not? No, not at all. It's always secretive. I can never talk that's about a, anything that's that That's a I running do. theme of the show, Austin, is everything, <laughs> yeah. every time someone's on, can you talk? No, no, I can't talk about it yet. It's like, all right, Sorry. Well, in six months we'll hear about it. Yes, NDAs and all that. I'm just going to say it's for Chris Stapleton. Okay. Because I don't know. You can you can assume whatever you I think. I hope it's for Chris Ableton. <laughs> so, yeah, I can either confirm or deny that rumor. So after the Chris Ableton video, what are you working on? Anything else? Um, he can't talk about it, so why would you ask? <laughs> Actually, it's it's funny because I never, you know, said it before, I never thought that my career would actually go the direction of music videos as much as it did. I would love for that, man. Are you enjoying it? I'm loving it. But, like, the next 
three, four things that I have, like solidified projects are all music video, which is kind of cool. So what in the perfect world, the perfect creative world, what would be your ideal situation? My ideal would schedule would be like two two movies a year, one in the beginning, one in the end of the year. Everything in the middle is commercial and music video. Gotcha. Yeah. So and I think the it's, last feature you did was that Emilio Estevez thing, right? Yeah, but I was just operator. Yeah, I was. And that was a, local to you, wasn't it? B cam operator. Yeah, I was in Cincinnati. Nice. It was Emilio Estevez, Alec Baldwin, uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. It was speaking of Orange and New Black. Taylor oh, yeah. Schilling. Oh yeah, yeah, she was in that. Yeah, she nice, was in that. Nice. Uh, Christian Slater. Like it was a huge cast. So I'm curious because obviously, yeah. again, this isn't my world. You know, film and. From conventional wisdom, I would think so much of it is based in L.A. or, in, yeah. or I guess Atlanta now and, and places like that. New York, yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, I didn't realize it seems like it's pretty alive and kicking in the Midwest, which, I mean, I'm from Wisconsin. Yeah. I don't think there's much going on in Wisconsin other than drinking. But, nah, um, cheese, yeah. <laughs> drinking cheese and those Packers, oh gosh. Those Packers. Oh gosh. Oh, oh gosh, got I tell my you what. Packers in my bratwurst. When I think yeah. about Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> oh, uh, give you me know, another beer I get march, very huh? comfortable. I yeah, get yeah. the vapors. Yeah. <laughs> I just think uh, I think happy thoughts every time that guy takes on the field. Uh, very happy thoughts that I need to keep to myself. Happy thoughts. <laughs> what did the Wisconsinite accent is like a mixture of Canadian and I don't know what. I don't Canadian. know. I'm probably bungling it too. It's but... Canadian and remorse mixed together. <laughs> no, just... there is no remorse. There's no, no remorse no. in someone from Wisconsin. Yeah. The only remorse is that there's not more bars for us to go to. Uh... I think there was an article that just came out where we were rated like the number one drunkest city yes. in America. My brother in law yeah. is also from Wisconsin. Which is actually a point There's of pride. Good which most places there. would probably be like, well, we'd kind of like to be known for other things in Wisconsin. We're like, yeah. You're, yeah, crap. That's right. You're gosh darn right. We're the, <laughs> we're the Packer Nation. We like our beer and bratwurst and cheese. Well, I always think of Chris Farley, which was like my greatest oh, Halloween costume. Balls. Dup bears, dup bears, dup bears. You know, I hate the bears. Oh, but, a, but that um, whole skit is great. But just the whole Chris Farley I think thing. I just had my 13th heart attack there, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> it makes a baker's dozen there, Bob. <laughs> it's so good. Oh. So would you say that the film community is alive and well back east? Even it's though... alive and well in a lot of places. We, you know, the, the whole tax incentive reimbursement program that's going mm-hmm. on everywhere. That's what's pulling and drawing a lot of films. In Ohio, it's great. Like, yeah. for whatever you hire and use in state it's like 30 percent tax credit wow. so thir- you can shoot a third larger movie that's with insane. the same budget well especially you- if you're talking massive movies and massive budgets that's a huge game changer yes you get a lot of money back and it makes a lot of sense to shoot there and so if you can within the you know scenery make it work like there's a lot of spaces in uh cincinnati that you can make look like old new york so we had Carol shoot there, which got nominated for uh, Best Cinematography uh, the Oscars. Uh, we've had oh. all sorts of big movies. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Ed Lackman came. I haven't in, seen it yet. But. You know, it's, I haven't seen it either, but they say it's good. Nice. Um, <laughs> the people like it. The people say. Um, and then, yeah, like up in Cleveland, you know, we have all the Fast and the Furious Avengers shot there. And wow. Really? Bunch of stuff. Yeah. So okay. It's all about the incentives. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, when you're talking these ginormous budgets. See, yeah. there in the south, like Louisiana area, yeah, and then also like Atlanta, uh, Georgia, Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta is is kind of the hotbed right now. That's where I was born. Really? Yeah, I was born in Marietta. ATL. I live in Marietta. You're the other Marietta. No, you're Mir. We're Mare. Yeah, but like our names always get crossed over, like shipping information. Oh, that's, that's so cool. There you wow. go. 
Yeah, uh, you love getting misplaced packages. Yeah. <laughs> this was addressed to Austin Moret like 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's funny. Awesome, uh, but yeah, dude, things are good. That's Sounds cool. Like Anything you're everywhere. excited that's about cool. coming up? Those music videos, man. What about you guys? What are you, what are you working on? What are you working on, Austin? Uh, I am working on, well, yeah, it's a lot of band stuff. Um, I actually just, uh, about to release a record for, for my band, for Midnight Divide. I did a record for a band called Beachwood Coyotes that their single is out. It's doing really well. Mm. And then, um, their EP is coming out pretty soon. Um, was recording a band called Mattis yesterday. Um, I have a couple other projects coming up. Um, and then, uh, I'm going to be actually scoring a short film. Um, so that'll be fun. And what's what's the style of that score? Do you think is it? More they want to go quirky. They um, want to go like Wes Anderson cool. type score. So it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be something different. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I like the the weird stuff like that, and you know, just a lot of probably pianos. It's going to be a very key based scored mm, with smacking. you know cellos and things like that, but but mixed with. I'm kind of envisioning that mixed with like we actually have like some kid instruments in here, like weird bells and things uh, like that, and just wow. kind of. Just kind of weirdness, but at <laughs> you forget you have to play school instruments. Up yeah, there. I know. Little, Adam, xylophone. Plyman, Plyman, and Brandon would be totally into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and at the end of the day, it's just whatever you know. That's kind of what the director. Uh, that's kind of his vision. So you cool. Know, at the end have of you day. seen the short? Uh, I've seen pieces of it. Okay, um, so you get it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about it. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a lot of fun to work on. Um, and then other than that, it's just kind of. Uh, I've got two side projects myself that I'm doing, but again, they're side projects. So no shortage of creative outlets, huh? No, I'm lucky. I'm yeah. lucky in that regard. And then, yeah, so just trying to trying to get after make it, make your work, make the hustle go. What about you, Wes? Uh, the wedding stuff. Booking that. I actually just booked a. It's really interesting. My first wedding was an older black couple, and then yeah. I've got a young white couple followed by a middle aged white couple. I just I'm doing a really like you have a good variety attractive Hispanic couple next weekend. Mm. This weekend, I mean, and then next in July first, I'm doing an Indian wedding, like East Indian. Wow, which is notorious for like color and vibrance. That's and gonna be I'm like, beautiful. I'm dying to get this on film. Yeah, so that's gonna be fun. Uh, for Firehouse, um, I just got a possible connection for a really big client who does like marketing stuff in California for like banks and school districts, like bigger clients, like wow. more consistent work. It's be fun. Uh, and then again, that's kind of the more you know corporate end of things, I guess, at this yeah. point. And then uh, just got asked, my buddy who saw the, actually Dave, who was on my first episode, yeah. what I did with you guys, um, the film was f- finished, rap production, it's in post now, and he saw my edit of the short film that I just talked about, the 168, and said yeah. he wants me to edit his feature now. Dude. Yeah, he asked me yesterday about that. So, like, literally after I leave here, I'm going to go back home, pick up his QNAP uh, raid array with yeah. the film on it, and, like, go wow. home and start editing, so. That's amazing. Yeah, man, so I've been, been some cool stuff busy. coming up. some cool stuff coming on the horizon. Just trying to get, I would love to get more music videos and some more narrative stuff in there. I'd yeah. love to do more, even if I was an AC, a PA camera, I just want more exposure outside of my own clients, you know? Totally. So, yeah. Well, man. you're in the right spot for it, both of you guys, for Definitely. opportunity and, you know. It's kind, kind of, of the beauty a, of the city. Bigger fishbowl, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Got room to expand. So let's uh, let's throw out some love for the uh, contest we got going on here. Yeah, we got to do that, right? Um, so we're doing a giveaway. We already mentioned Isotope. Isotope. Who, uh, by the way, I don't know if you use Isotope stuff, Austin. I love Isotope. I actually frequently use their stuff. They have a mastering plugin called Ozone 7, which I use all the time. Hmm. 
Um, it's not like anybody at a master. I've used house Ozone. We'll frown at that, but like I use. But it's good. Like it's one of those things where before you send it to a mastering house, mm-hmm. if you want to be able to send something that's mastered, like just yeah. rough for a client, it's not mm-hmm. bad. Um, and their their vocal suite actually called Nectar. I use all the time because I can't find harmonies worth a crap when I'm singing. Yeah. Um, but this has a really great harmony plugin I use. It's a full engine in one plugin suite. It's got all these different checkboxes on Ooh. it. Um, Isotope is legit stuff. Like they really put the time into their plugins for sure. Damn. So they're good. So they're giving away uh, RX six standard software download valued between three hundred forty and four hundred bucks. So that's pretty sick. And I used part of this on the short film list last week. It is legit. I can vouch personally. I used it less than a week ago. It is a magic wand on audio. I've used it myself. It's phenomenal. At the re- at the uh, recommendation of Adam Plyman, I cannot recommend this stuff strongly enough. Well, so there's there's, there's your glowing review. Uh, but there's also a bunch of other people that can tell you that it's it's just absolutely magic. So in order to do it, in order to be entered for the giveaway... You know, you know the rules. What do you What do you got to do? Well, I was going to do the SNL voice, but I can't. Do you know that? Guy? Do you know the SNL voice? I mean, there's a lot of voices that All came right. out of SNL. So I just keep thinking of uh, uh, "Come on down." That one now. Oh, from Price is Right. Price Come is on right. down. Yeah. Come on trip. down. So to enter, you share this episode, which is episode 93, with the hashtag hashtag FDB giveaway uh-huh. and tag at FDB podcast and at Isotope Inc. as Isotope I N C and it's I Z not yeah, I Isotope Isotope I N C. Yep. Hashtag FTB giveaway and tag FTB podcast. And you've got a while. I mean, we're as a Inc. We're going in through July twelfth. That's your deadline. So, but July twelfth at eleven fifty nine Eastern Standard Time. So July thirteenth is twelve oh one. Too too late. You're done. Which is You're at out. least which is at least two days after today. <laughs> so I'm yeah. gonna start creating all my fake accounts now. <laughs> Create all your fake accounts. Spam it. Game hashtag game the system. Yeah. yeah. Basically, you've that. got a full month pretty much from now until you're out of it. You have a month to create spam accounts and unethically oh, win yeah. this contest. Totally. But that also helps us, so I'm, I don't mind. It does. Make all, <laughs> make all the fake accounts make you want. Make all the fake accounts you want. Yeah. The software is legit, and yeah. uh, all it takes is a few seconds to uh, write a tweet, send it out there, get drawn out of a virtual hat, and uh, win some great software that I guarantee you, you will use on at least your next or within the next three productions. I guarantee you. Yeah. If you do anything involving audio. Anything involving audio. Oh, Mr. Mr. Frank from back home included a, a nice little package for us here, and uh, I just kind of want to throw out a few. Yeah. We've had a few reviews lately. Yeah. A few good reviews. Uh, so so, so here's some five stars in the last 30 days that Frank included. <laughs> this guy's username is great. <laughs> what is it? Wrap uh, <laughs> drinks by hdmi underscore is underscore the underscore devils underscore work (laughs) hdmi is the the devil's work (laughs) this is a great podcast i think brandon recently said in one episode that he'd hoped that the podcast would be like the post shoot drinks atmosphere it has become that place it's a fun place to hang out and enjoy the company of some good folks and learn a thing or two thumbs up Agreed. We're not trying to do anything else. This is just a loose fireside chat style format, and I think you there's know a fire in the studio right now. There, is that whoa, 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 we should is that put that out. Sirens are outside. Yeah, <laughs> firehouse creative is in the <laughs> studio. Uh, no, that's all we're trying to do, man. Is just have fun and and be chill. What do you think? Is that is that kind of how it comes off? Is that a loose? 
I think nothing could be further I from feel like it. Was, <laughs> that no, was too much. This is the most strict. Well, honestly, thing man, I kind of came into this thing, um, yeah. you know, a little blind. But I, I got to say, it's 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 fun. It's a lot of fun. I think it's cool, and you know, you get a little bit of the the technical side of things. I definitely learned some stuff on the film side, and then hopefully, you know, the audio oh, side as well. Totally vice versa. I think it's cool, man. I enjoyed it a lot. Cool. Well, we thank you for being a part of it, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Wes. Yeah. Austin. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you want me to read the next Wes review the or if you're just like, right nah, I mean, it's just, I just wanted to give a snap a little, we're getting good reviews. So thank you to all out there. If you haven't yet, if you're listening to the podcast, be sure to uh, rate and review on iTunes. We appreciate that. It helps us get awesome guests like Austin on the show. So you can, One iTunes review saves yeah. a child just like this. Every Absolutely. Day. Every time you rate and review on iTunes, an saves angel gets a ginger wings. child. Saves a ginger child. <laughs> I have a red beard. That's, yeah. that's why. <laughs> But that's how we do it. I mean, you know, the higher rated and reviewed we are, the more enticed, uh, solid working individuals in filmmaking and audio are, are to come on the show. I found these guys through iTunes so. just through looking at charts. So hopefully other people do. Yeah. And listen to every single episode eventually on their own. From time. number one to totally. number 93. You're laughing. And then more. Austin, you want to go ahead and give a, another quick plug for social, how people can get in touch with you, find out about what you're doing? Uh, yeah, uh, Silverside Recording, or you can also go to the band site if you want to hear any examples of you know some stuff that's been done is midnightdivide.com, um, and my email is austin, A-U-S-T-E-N, at silversiderecording.com. As a filmmaker, I cannot re- recommend them highly enough for any yeah, uh, post you need. Yeah, ADR, voiceover, voiceover, scoring, any of that stuff. Yep. Dope. Be happy to help. Well, again, uh, listeners, be sure to enter the Isotope giveaway um, by all the means you know and love. And uh, Wes, Austin, cheers it. Cheers. And thanks to a good show. Peace.